Ireland's one of my favorite countries in Europe, and uh, i got to say my favorite place in Ireland is in the southwest corner, the little town of Dingle on the peninsula by the same name. It's got all the clichés you hope to find in Ireland, but they don't feel like clichés. It's today's Ireland, just like yesterday's Ireland, coming together on the most scenic corner of that beautiful Emerald Isle. And we're joined today to talk about that by a son of the town of Dingle, Dara Herlihy. And Dara was born and raised in Dingle Peninsula. Joins us now. Dara, thanks for being here. Thank you, Rick. What was Dingle like before tourists came? Dingle, it was a very small, quaint fishing town, um, particularly in the, the 1840s. And when we were colonized by the English, it became a very small region. And when the local Irish had um, massive unemployment, they were given an opportunity. They were told they could either change from Catholicism and become Protestants. And if they did so, they would be given jobs and they'd be given houses, which obviously very important. 1840s Ireland, nothing else was happening. So the locals decided, you know, we will change from Catholicism. We'll become practicing uh, Protestants. And as a result, we'll be given house, food and water. So they were given their house, their food and water. And within months, they were back to being Catholics. So they outsmarted the English yeah. in that respect. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but when you go around Dingle Peninsula, you can look at the very, where the, where the dirt runs out and the rocks began and see where they planted the potatoes back yep, in 150 yep, years ago. Absolutely. Yes. So it's a history that's only around the corner. It's a land that's been, you know, lived on for over 6,000 years, but it's steeped in history. And that dirt was made by, yeah. by hardworking farmers. Absolutely. Taking yeah. the seaweed and the, and the sand. That's it, and the beds that remain from famine times. Now, when people are thinking about going to the west coast of Ireland to get this classic, clichetic Irish beauty, the Ring of Kerry has all the promotional budget and yep. the, the most of the tourism, and it's undeniably beautiful. How would you describe the Ring of Kerry, which everybody knows about, and Dingle, which is all also quite touristy but smaller? I suppose what I found about the Ring of Kerry, and, and I know personally from guiding these uh, tours around the Ring of Kerry and from being a native of the area, the Ring of Kerry is an absolutely beautiful drive, but you drive for hours. And I think regardless of how beautiful a place is, there's only so much your brain can process at any one time. And there's only so much you can absorb. There's only so many plantations and sheep that you can actually physically enjoy within a time frame. So I find that by doing the Dingle Peninsula, it's almost like a short synopsis of what the Ring of Kerry is. And within a two to two and a half hour you know, time period, you walk away with this wow factor. Whereas after doing a carry, you walk away with this, God, I'm knackered, I need a pint of Guinness feeling. <laughs> you know? That's a good way to put it. That's so true. It's that, speaking of beer, Dingle is like a pint-sized ring of carry. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. it's an open-air folk museum with all of these uh, medieval or, or dark-age yeah. stone uh, huts and so on. And, and the town of Dingle is, it's sort of a ramshackle little hard-scrabble town that's been gaily painted with all sorts of pastels. Now, my understanding is a couple generations ago, all these wonderful pastel pink and, and green and, and lavender facades were not there. Everything was just kind of yeah, what, gray. What happened is that Ireland, well, I said, you know, we were colonized for so long, and in the 1980s, the Irish government came along, and they said, we're going to start this little incentive called the Tidy Towns. And what we're going to try and do is we're going to incentivize Irish people to, first of all, have tidy towns, and second of all, to have colorful towns. So let's get rid of these drab, boring, gray colors. Oh, okay. Just give the whole island a, a coat of paint. Let's give the whole island a coat of paint. And that's, no. our, that's our traditional look at Ireland <laughs> today, which is actually is. a 1980s uh, tourism initiative. It is. And to further this, what we're going to do is we're going to give the little towns an award. So for the tidiest town, in other words, the most, not just about litter, but litter being, littering yeah. part of it, but also who's the most colorful, who's the most inventive. And we're going to give out awards for this. And there's very little in terms of prizes for these awards, yeah. aside from the sheer prestige of having a Tidy Towns Award, Did which is very important. Tinkle has never won the Tidy 
Shady Towns, uh, I won't lie. <laughs> However, it has been a contender on numerous occasions. Well, that's good. And, and it's an amazingly charming place. I understand that there's a courthouse, but it's open like, it's rarely open. The courthouse is open the last Friday of every month. It's open for about an hour. About know, an so hour. The last, yeah. so if there's any legal business to take care of. The, the whole crops of this is there are no legal issues in Dingle. And in Dingle, we're, one we're of too my, busy having fun. <laughs> too busy having fun. And, and one of my images of Dingle is during the day, all these young guys earning their living, rolling around kegs of beer, rolling the empty ones out and rolling the full ones in. And there are certainly a lot of kegs going in and out of Dingle. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Dara Herlihy. He's from the Dingle Peninsula on the southwest tip of Ireland, uh, born and raised. He's a musician there. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Ginger's calling in from Muncie, Indiana. Ginger, thanks for your call. Oh, thank you for, for having me. Do you have a comment for Dara? Well, I have a question. We're coming to Ireland for a couple of weeks, and our first stop is going to be a couple of nights on the Dingle Peninsula. We were thinking, first of all, spending maybe our first night trying to drive in from Shannon to, and I may pronounce it wrong, uh, Castle Gregory on the north side of the island, or the peninsula. Yeah. Mm and then coming on to Dingle the next day. Yeah, I'll be honest um, with you, if you're driving from Shannon, it's going to be far more straightforward to drive directly from Shannon to Dingle. Castle Gregory is a great little area, but it's a tip of the peninsula that peaks out overlooking the Dingle Peninsula, and it's fantastic if you like surfing, and that's really what Castle Gregory is famous for. It's a surfing beach. Hmm. Oh, okay. What you're better off doing is doing what Rick does and taking a few days in one particular place and using that place as a base to explore these areas. Castle Gregory is probably only a 20-minute drive from Dingle. Great. And the great thing, Ginger, about Dingle is you've got so much action every night. It's like so many charming, friendly, economic B&Bs, and you're part of the community. And then each night, you've got all these very hardworking, competitive restaurants, wonderful food. And then there's probably six or eight pubs with live music, and it's all free just for the, for the cost of a pint of beer or Coke or whatever. You can enjoy live Irish folk music on every corner. And if you yeah, want that some, wonderful. If you want some more details when you get into Dingletown, my father and I own a music store. I'm not plugging the music store, right. but most people go to the tourist office. They come to us afterwards. They go, God, we should have come here first. <laughs> What's so the music store pop called? Pop in, we'll tell you where to go, what to do, where to stay. You don't need to worry about anything. What's so, the store called? Uh, it's called Shuppa Kjol on Dangen, which is the Irish for Dingle Music Store. But you ask anybody for Dara or Michael's music store, and there's only one in Dingle, so you won't have any nice problems finding us. That. Thank so. you so much. You know, that's what I love about <laughs> Ireland. Things are so charming. It, it reminds me of why somebody might be called Michael Plummer. I went to a town and I go, where's Michael? Oh, you mean Michael the Plumber or Michael the Carpenter? <laughs> Michael Plummer. Someone yeah. sent me uh, a gift over Christmas and uh, all she did is she wrote, Dara Hurley, he dingle. That was <laughs> yeah. it, you know. And, that was it. and it got there. <laughs> and it got there. So Ginger, thank you, thanks Trish, for your for call. Uh-huh, and thank you so much. Have a great time in dingle. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Andrew's on the line from Eugene in Oregon. Andrew, thanks for your call. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. We uh, went to Dingle with our two adult children, and we've traveled quite a bit, and I am prone to be cautious of overstating things, but Dingle is everything anyone has ever said it was. I hope you managed to hit a couple of bars and get up a bit of a music scene. Oh, yeah, that was the best part. We walked in and our first night and just sat at John Benny's Pub to get something to eat, and Donna Hennessy and Elias Kennedy, two world-class musicians, Absolutely fantastic. were performing right in front of us. That's it. I'm glad you got to see that hours. live. So that's John Benny's Pub, and, and these are two world-class musicians Eilish that happen Nicanada to be... and Donna. They happen to live in Dingle? They sure do. And I yeah. did Carnegie Hall in New York just January last. Really? And you can see them right there after dinner? That's it. Yeah, well, and yeah, and we had no idea they were playing. We just wanted to eat, and we took a bench, and we were right in, in the front there. Andrew, when you were in Dingle, did you explore 
off the coast to the Blasket Islands, because that is sort of one step further, isn't it? Yeah, we, we didn't get out to the islands themselves, but we stopped at the Blasket Center, and I really did. It's such a wonderful interpretive center. I really felt like I was in another time while we were in that center. The The story just captivated me, and I, I wish we'd had time to get out there. So people know, just, Andrew, for our listeners, uh, the Blasket Island community was, in a lot of ways, the last traditional old-world Irish community. They lived on this island off the west, southwest tip of Ireland, Blasket Islands. They were just evacuated a couple generations ago. But 1953. 1953. Yeah. And they were um, a small, hard-scrabble community with some amazing poets and close to nature. And it was one part of Ireland that didn't suffer in the potato famine because they were not relying on potatoes. They were relying on harvesting the sea. Absolutely right, yeah. And then there was Tim Flower, uh, an English author who came over to the island and he found their way of life absolutely fascinating. Fascinating, and he brought a gramophone with them, and he encouraged them to write down all their pieces about their life and about their hardship. And it's because of of Tim that a lot of this work was actually published and became world famous, and that the Blasket Island story is shared with a lot of us and passed down through generations. And that, in a sense, was a sort of a time capsule of old Irish ways on this remarkable island. Today it's uninhabited, but you can go there very easily from Dingletown or from the tip of the peninsula. Absolutely. But what Andrew is talking about is the Blasket Island Centre. Yeah, and you had a beautiful view of the island from Which is on the mainland looking over at the islands. And as you said, Andrew, it's one of the best interpretive centres anywhere. It's like incredible if you're interested in uh, local cultures. It told the story so well, and somehow they managed to capture the atmosphere of the, the islands in that building. They really did. Andrew, thanks for your call. Yes, thank you. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Dara Herlihy. We're talking about Dingle Peninsula, Dingle Town. And our phone number is 877-333-7425. James is on the line from Iowa. James, thanks for your call. Yeah, thank you for taking it, Rick. Uh, My wife and I are going to uh, the Dingle area for about three days. So my question, again, is uh, relevant to the Great Blasket Island. Perhaps you're... uh, your local expert there can reference any tour guides that could take us out of the island and give us a archaeologic or heritage tour of the island. Is there any organized tour out on the island? There's uh, no actual organized tour on the island itself. There are two options to get to the island. You can go one from Dingle, you can go on Billy Callery's boat. It's about 35 euros. It's a 12-seater boat and it brings you directly from Dingle. What I like about that is you get to see the peninsula along the way and it's only a one-hour boat trip but it's a nice way to see the landscape as you approach the island. The other alternative is you can drive out to a place called Dunchin it's only about a 15-minute drive from Dingletown, and there's a ferry crossing, and the boats go back and forth several times per day. They charge something about 20 euros, so it's quite a small fee. As you're crossing, they'll give you a little bit of history about the island. As we just discussed, the Blasket Centre is a great way of interpreting the island prior to going on to it, and from there, it's a very easy self-guided tour. My memory is that there's there's more on the Blasket Island Centre on the mainland about Precisely. the Blasket culture than there is in the ghost town on Blasket Island. All you got is a bunch of rabbits on Blasket Island. Pretty much, yeah, and a couple of uh, goats and uh, local cows. I mean, the island is lovely, but personally, I would prefer to spend more time focusing on the peninsula yeah, itself. I think so. The island's know. a bit of a trek. If you've got three days, it's a bit tight to spend an entire afternoon you on You know, there. I took the boat from Dingle Town, and we got to fiddle around with fungi on the way. Yes. Derek, tell us about the famous dolphin in Dingle. Uh, fungi came to Dingle. Uh, we just celebrated his 30th birthday um, two years ago, so I suppose what makes fungi, the Dingle dolphin, so amazing is the fact that uh, you know, it, like a lot of people, came to Dingle 32 years ago and never left. You know, I found he's amazingly friendly. 
totally. I mean, Absolutely. you go out, there's these tour boats that go out there and, and fungi will play with the tourist and jump and get I have a, I have a little speedboat I take out on the water and you go out there and he loves the smaller boats, he loves the sound of the engine. And uh, when you go out there, if you're running in one boat and there's another boat running beside you, he will jump up between the two boats. And he's got two schools of dolphins come to visit him twice a year, which That's is an absolute right. spectacle. They're like clockwork, so it's like family coming it's, to say hello. It's a big deal for tourism in Dingle, I think. It certainly you better is. better take good care of fungi. <laughs> hey, Jake, so your question about Blasket Islands, uh, you could buy a, a little book or something, but it's mostly just a scenic walk through a ghost town, and then you can learn about it all at the Blasket Island Center on the mainland. Okay, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. There's so much to see in this area. I mean, people must be kind of wondering, why are you focusing just on Dingle? Well, you see Dublin, that's the big city. Go up to Belfast for a little of what's going on in the north, and then head to the southwest of Ireland, and Dingle Peninsula gives you everything you need. You've got the medieval beehive huts, the cloakens yeah. where the, the monks would be hating out. I mean, it's amazing to think the most literate part of Europe during the reign of Charlemagne in the year 800 was in Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't Charlemagne import Irish monks yeah, to be his abs- scribes? Uh, exactly, yeah. When nobody else in Europe could read. Yeah, You absolutely. Irish people. Yeah. You go to Dingle Peninsula and there must be literally thousands of stony remnants of your mysterious past. There, there certainly are, you know, and there, there's some beautiful sites in the Dingle Peninsula. What's your favorite medieval site in Ireland, um, in, in Dingle? In, in Dingle, it's difficult to say. I mean, I suppose probably the two the most significant for me are Keel MacEather, which is the Church of MacEather, yeah. which is the remnants of a 12th century church. Right. And also, it's, it's a wonderful example because you have a pagan standing stone and you have a Christian standing stone. And if you look traditionally at the Catholic Church, they will tell you that paganism and Christianity never coexisted. But a site such as this has a perfect example of a pagan standing stone and a Christian standing stone. So That were contemporaneous? Precisely, in the 12th so century. So it wasn't a Christian site built atop a pagan site, but it was two that that were contemporaneous. Absolutely. And then you look at Gallerus Oratory, which the Gallerus, you know that's very what I was well. thinking. This that's is another perfect stonework. And it's and to this day it's there's no mortar. Is it stacked with stones? Absolutely perfection. How old is that church? Seventh century. So twelve hundred yeah, years. They say seventh century ish in Ireland. Right. Yeah, well twelve hundred years, thirteen hundred years. <laughs> yeah. It's old. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Dara Herlihy. We're talking about Dingle Peninsula. Our phone number is eight seven seven three 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 seven four two five. And Gail's on the phone from Strongsville in Ohio. Hi, Gail. Thanks for your call. Hi there. Well, it's wonderful to be with you and so wonderful to talk about Dingle because we had a most marvelous day there a couple of years ago on a part of a nine-day trip to Ireland. We started out stopping at a sign that said that there was surfing, and we were curious about that, so drove off the road and found ourselves on Inch Beach, which was the site of the opening scene in the movie from 1970s, Ryan's Daughter. Mm. And it was low tide, the sun was out, the sky was blue, we could walk a quarter of a mile out on the beach, and it was just glimmering and glistening, and it was spectacular. Um, we spent some time at Sleahead, which was probably as beautiful as anything anyone could imagine as far as the coastline goes. Yeah, when I think of that Sleahead, that's the very, very west tip of Ireland, our southwest tip, and isn't there some sort of a famous thing about the waves? Next parish America. Where they stand there yeah. and they look out at the scene and say, oh, the it's next, next parish over America. is America. Yeah, yeah. It was a way of looking over their family after their mass immigration from the Blasket Islands. Because yeah. the population of Dingle Peninsula before the famine was, I think, 40,000. How many people would you estimate are there after? After the famine? Or today? No. Today in Dingle Peninsula, yeah. there's about 5,000 people in the 5, per- permanent residence. So you see all over the peninsula, you see the remnants of uh, villages that are gone. Absolutely, and people, you found they more moved to a nucleus such as Dingle where they could survive. Right. 
So the impact is just unstated. You know? So, Gail, you saw that you're talking about the uh, the dramatic scenery out on the very southwest oh, it's, tip. It's, it's spectacular. I mean, you go from rolling green hills and a lot of the you know the stone walls that you typically see around the roadside, and then you get these gorgeous coastlines that are rough and craggy and Caribbean blue waters. They're just beautiful. You're making and, nostalgic uh, here. And everything we did there that day was just so beautiful. I mean, it, it is very Gaelic, and we stopped at a pub and talked to folks there. Sounds like you need to get back there. Gail, yeah, it was just wonderful. Gail, when you drop in a pub in some remote corner, some little village that has no tourism, did you feel comfortable going into a pub and just chatting with people? Oh, absolutely, yes. Anywhere we went, we were very welcomed and comfortable with interacting with the folks that were there. And as typically you hear about Irish, they, they welcome you with open arms. And they all sure you do. do is start to interact. And they're just wonderful people. My grandmother was from Ireland, so I always wanted to go. And I'm very taken by the history of how these people endured, you know, the, the famine and continue to have a very strong sense of character, you know, in their life going forward. So it was very meaningful for me to be there. Gail, thanks for your call. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, and happy thank travels. you for your show. <laughs> all right, bye now. Dara, when we think about all the conversation we've had on Dingle, it's a town, it's a peninsula, it's an open-air museum, it's a dolphin, it's a great music scene, and it's thriving as far as a little industry that's making the tourist feel welcome. There's wonderful restaurants in Dingle Peninsula. Just a great place to go when you're planning to go to Ireland. Absolutely, and in my opinion, um, I'm probably slightly biased, but it has everything that we need. And mm-hmm. uh, as I say, there's a thriving industry and there's uh, something there for everybody from cheap restaurants to expensive restaurants and the scenery, breathtaking, the breathtaking music is scenery. Pa- I, it really is. Fascinating. Uh, I just always remember that when Charles Lindbergh flew from the United States across the Atlantic in 1927 for the first uh, flight across the Atlantic, first piece of land he saw, I understand, was... Uh, what was it, Mount Eagle on, yeah. on Dingle Peninsula? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. But, but he didn't stop. You know, he kept going, unfortunately. He came pretty low, though. You know, I'm sure they tried to catch him. I bet he thought, there's a beautiful corner of Ireland. <laughs> hey, Dara Harley, thank you so much, and I'll see you next time. Thank I'm you for having me, Rick. Okay, and in, in Gaelic, how would I say uh, best wishes and happy travels? It's usually what we'd say is, is Slán Gafol, which is bye for now. And okay. that's a very important saying because it's not goodbye, it's goodbye for now. For okay. now is the important part. How so do I say that? Slán Go full. Slanga full. Slanga full. Karmagov. Thank you. Karmagov. <laughs> Falter Roth, you're welcome. Each year, Rick Steves Tour Guides take thousands of free spirited travelers on escorted tours through Europe, one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from more than 40 different vacations in Europe's best destinations, from Ireland to Greece and practically everywhere in between. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.